Recording in progress. All right, it's recording, I think. Oh, this is great. This is also much uh, clearer than the Google Meet. Yep, yep. So that's a win-win then. So yeah, first things first, how are you doing, Anthony? doing good i've been in a good mood lately i think because of the spring weather it's getting warm out and people seem happy to be alive so do you think do you think you're also the kind of person who finds you know hard to work when it's winter time and easier when it's summer i find it kind of the opposite it's easier for me to work a lot of hours at least in the winter it's just cold there's nothing else really to do and it's dark. It's just like, oh, what will I do? I'll work. Um, when it's nice out, then I want to like hang outside. I want to see friends. I want to like go on dates or whatever. Um, right. It's distracting from the grind, but I think in a good way. But it's great, right? You do get to have, you know, you get this break from, you know, the screen time basically and get out and explore the real world and meet new people and all that and this is also something that you have been doing um with the project of yours with this come you know growing this community of indie worldwide and it's great it's not an issue for you in terms of whatever the weather is outside right yeah it maybe changes my work-life balance a little bit the weather um and i think in like Sometimes it's nice to be able to do a lot of hours, but I think in general, it's better to be outside and socializing. And I think I think more clearly when I do those things. Um, so if I have to choose, I'll choose nice weather. It's actually great. Like if you can get some fresh air and uh, it helps to, you know, clean your mind. And this is also something I wanted to talk to you about when as we progress further in this conversation, like how do you, you know, uh, fix or like but yeah let's start off with you know uh, talking more about what you are actually doing and uh, I want you to explain what uh, you're doing with your project uh, in the worldwide but explain it to me if like I'm a five-year-old person. In the worldwide is a club where you can make friends. It's easy simple as that a club to make friends. Yeah. Yeah, it surely explains uh, to a kid how uh, it works and they'll be obviously happy about it. But if, you know, as we go ahead and as we move to uh, like person to person, does the definition change or does it still remains the same? From person to person? Well, mostly I'm trying to talk to startup founders, right? So yep. hopefully the pitch is can stay fairly narrow as long as the target audience also stays fairly narrow so in terms of age bracket like you know going from a kid to a teenager or let's say a person in their 20s mm-hmm. it's sorts of start niching down right so as a kid you'll tell you'll get to make new friends and as a as a person who's in 20s who's grinding or who's doing something to build uh, their dream you're, you would you would you might how would you explain it to them yeah so if they're trying to build a startup themselves then the pitch becomes you're going to meet other startup founders who 
are either a couple steps ahead or behind you on their journey. You're going to get feedback on your idea and be able to get yourself unblocked on whatever challenges you, you might face with the support of the community. Right. And it's a great initiative as well uh, in terms of, you know, having the right company or having people who are in the same uh who are facing the same struggles or challenges uh, or hurdles uh, and fighting them or let's say finding solution to them together uh, and that's how i assume it helps people and so far it's also a great phase to uh, you know help you in the journey of uh, doing things together especially when you are all by yourself when you don't have a team so you get to you know meet these people who are doing things similar to you and uh, you can actually share your struggles with them or share your story with them your progress uh, and this is also something that you have been doing in your uh, slack channels as well that is to share your progress what you have done so can you talk more about how did you came up uh, how did you uh, you know come up with all these different um, channels that uh, there is a channel called done today or there is a channel called share your progress so i want you to talk like more or tell me more about how did you come up with the, all these uh, build the channels specifically i mean sure we know what the announcements and all that stuff means uh, but apart from that so yes. a lot of times the channels are suggested by members of the community um, people tell me ideas for channels i think you might have even suggested a channel idea at some point um, yeah. and i make it i try it out and if people like it and are engaging, then I'll keep it. And if not, then I'll delete it. The goal is to get people, give people ideas for how they can participate um, without overwhelming. So when you join a new Slack, it can be a little bit overwhelming. It can be disorienting because there's so many things going on. Um, so it's a combination of factors, right? Like one, I want people to have lots of ideas of how they can participate and feel comfortable participating. But I, on the other hand, I don't want people to get overwhelmed by the amount of choice and the amount of activity. Right. So do you think that you are a kind of person who acts more on what uh, your people want or uh, someone who, you know, wants to, who pursues uh, their own ideas more? Like if you have to choose between, or let's say, if you have to prioritize, what would you prioritize? Your own ideas or what your audience is telling you to do? Uh, it's not necessarily about trying to do what they're telling me to do as much as like what they would want made, you know? So, um, and this isn't just for community, it's any product. Your job as like the product manager, the community manager is to listen to a lot of different people, figure out what problems people have in common and then build for that. So you're not building based on someone's specific request. You're, you're building based on the needs of the community as a whole. Right. And you shouldn't just go off a gut instinct unless you very much are your own customer. If you are your own customer, you might have a good idea of what the needs of everyone is um, and can maybe rely on your gut for a while. But um, in any case, it's a lot of just like careful listening. So you go more on the listening part. That is what they are telling me after. Or it's more like listening to the feedback uh, that you receive. So yeah, if, I'm listening for problems, not solutions. So people might suggest various things that I should do. 
I don't necessarily take their implementation advice. Sometimes I will. But what I'm listening for more is what is the problem that they're trying to solve for themselves? Is it a problem other people have? All right. What do I think would be a good solution for this problem that like fits in with the goals of the, the direction of the community and then do that? So, so does that mean that you think of yourself as a problem first person rather than a solution first? Yeah, for sure. It's like how, uh, what problems they are facing and then deciding on, okay, so these are uh, my solution and then I'll decide what solution works out best for them. Is that yeah, how your mindset works? So I'm always trying to like launch new things and like, try out new stuff and then based on how people react to it um refine from there either do it more do it less do it again um it's very much like a like a push and pull in a collaborative process like with the community itself i try to get people involved as much as possible um both in like figuring out what needs to be built and actually in the, in the actual implementation as well more and more i find i'm able to build things with people where the somebody else from the community is like doing the implementation because it aligns with their own idea. Right. Um, so like the wise and guides blog we launched recently, which is kind of under a separate, a separate brand, but very much related to the same core group of um, problems. Uh, I knew people were facing these like problems over and over again about like, how do I market my startup? How do I figure out what to build? How do I talk to customers? Um, and so I wanted to build a, a series of guides to help them solve those problems. But um, then I saw Anna Bakova posting in the Slack about building something very similar. And so I reached out and we ended up being able to work together on it. And then I wanted some nice way to host it. And I was like, okay, I got I would really like to keep all the content to Notion and build a blog using Notion as like my content management system lo and behold three or four different people are building something like that in the slack there's like potion and there's feather like, which was called mdx before and so i looked at all of those and then ended up working with banu um who's building feather and it was just like the perfect solution as well and so it ended up being a super collaborative project in the end um and we were able to do it much better and faster than if i worked completely solo and then the great thing is those people were already members of the community and kind of like grows the indie worldwide economy. Right. So it's actually a great resource. I have, I am like, I am subscribed from day one and I've been reading it and it, I like how compact they are and easier to uh, read. Can you talk, can you tell me more about how did you decide that what, whatever the, so how, what does the uh, process involves when you're writing a, you know, a guide as part of the Wisen guide? And uh, how do you decide that what you are going to write is the is is right? As in, uh, it it it's definitely you know not biased in any sense, or it covers everything you know that is there uh, to be told about. So let's say if there is a guide coming on how to launch on X Y Z platform, how do you uh, whenever whenever you are brainstorming? So what is the process that goes? Uh, I'm not sure if you write it or if you collaborated collaborate with Anna um, in this regard uh, what so what's the process involved and how do you make sure that you are writing the apt amount uh, of or incorporating the appropriate knowledge in it related so the, to the topic so the what 
is based on like and like problems people talk about a lot. So we see the same questions come up over and over again in like Slack and on Twitter. Um, and so that's where the ideas for the what come from. Right. Um, it's just based on what people are asking about. And the how is is very involved. Um, we're usually interviewing a dozen or more founders that we find through the Slack or through Twitter or through some other channels um, that are experts um, based on what they've built. So we're looking for people, if we're looking at like, say the product launch guy, we want people who've launched products successfully, obviously. Or if we're looking at like partnerships, I, we want people who've you know built multi-million dollar businesses on the back of partnerships. Um, then we interview those people. Um, so Anna does it like kind of like uh, reporter style with like a tape recorder. Um, I do it through like the Indie Worldwide events. Then once we have those interviews, then we write a guide kind of distilling all that information down. Um, so far, Anna's written the first draft of most of the guides, and then I go through with an editing pass. Um, I think on the next guide, it's about community. So I'm going to do the first draft and she'll take the editing pass. Uh, and then also the interviews, we'll turn into case studies if we can and incorporate those into the guides as well. So it's actually quite an involved process and it can take up to a couple of weeks, even up to a month to fully form the guide. And even the ones we've launched already are, they're not like, um, one and done. So, you know, we're going to go back and refine over and over again, the idea is to try to create the most authoritative, um, best resource on each of these topics that's out there. So far, you are more concerned with the editing part and not the research that goes into writing the guides. Mm, yeah, so it's it's been, I've been more on the editing side so far. Um, although a lot of times the research part will have also been kind of covered already a bit by um, Indie Worldwide interviews. So uh, we have a lot of interviews on our like YouTube channel that we've done in the past with founders and... Yes. Um, because we're solving, trying to solve the same problems in a different way. Like often we have like already really good resources. So for like, for example, cold outreach, um, like email cold outreach, we've already talked to two or three founders who are really good at cold email outreach. So we already had some really good okay. like, case study interviews to use. For example, we had, um, head of growth from Lemlist come and talk to us and obviously like they're building software to do cold outreach. So that was very informative session we also had a session with uh michael greenberg who went really deep on like this is how people are fucking up like don't use these tools you're gonna get kicked off them you know you can't use mailchimp for cold yeah, for cold outreach this is why this is why you need a service like xyz this is how you do it manually um so we're able to pull a lot from those so it more like involves interviewing people uh, who are associated with the topic or remotely associated with it. And then uh, going on to the research where I assume Anna does most of the job and you also maybe jump in and out uh, wherever needed. And then you do the editing part. Of, uh, do you also match yourself with a random person as you send, mm -hmm. send the matches? Yeah, so, so I'm actually a special case in the matching. If there's an odd number, then I'm in the pool. And if there's an even number, then I'm not. So that way there's always an even number of people to match. And that's great. And this is also I, uh, something that I was curious about and wanted to ask you, like how uh, does, if you don't mind, uh, uh, you know, uh, talking about it, but how do you uh, 
uh, match people uh, when you are you know curating the matches how what what's the sort of the factors involved and how do you uh, find uh, yourself you know when you are creating the matches okay so this person goes to this is it randomized is it based on categories because i remember during the initial times there was the form that you had like shared once it involved some kind of categories like no code or let's say um, in business or something uh, similar categories so how how does it actually how does the uh, matching actually work so the first thing i'm i'm looking at is lifetime revenue i want to try to level people within like an order of magnitude so like if five bobs already made millions of dollars from his startups and anthony's only made a couple bucks so far there isn't too much we can talk about at the same level you know the gap is too big it's not a useful conversation for either of us so i'm trying to match five with somebody who's also made millions or at least hundreds of thousands and I'll match Anthony who with someone who's like just ideating still, or is like a couple steps ahead, has maybe made thousands or tens of thousands of dollars so far. So that's the first like um, course filter is trying to get people within an order of magnitude of revenue. Then the other one I try to factor on is time zone. Ideally trying to match people within like six hours of each other. So there's some kind of a overlap. So that's the first cross. And then within that, we'll like fine adjust based on your interests and things like that. But the first two filters are rough geography and um, revenue. And then, um, so the way I'll, I'll match is like, first I'll figure out, okay, who's like new to the group, who's made making the most money, um, who's been like positively reviewed by other people. If I hear like positive feedback unsolicited about matches, then I'll I'll give people a little bit of like boost in my matching system so that they get priority in the future. Um, and then based on that, I'll take like, okay, whoever has like the best score for this week on like um, whatever the, whatever parameters I'm using this week, who would be the best match for them? And like, okay, here's a match. And then I'll do it for the next person who hasn't had a match yet and just go down until everyone's, until everyone's matched. So if you look at all the matches together, you'll see they're, mo they're sort of ranked or they're sort of like ordered by by revenue mostly. And then within that, those bands, it's like interests, but there it's like, um, it'd be like, if you're trying to build um, like the output from a neural net, but you didn't know how neural nets work. So you're just gonna like do it manually is kind of how it is. It's like a bunch Wait. of like, so do, you, do you, so are you, are you telling me that you, this whole process is manual? Do you do every match manually? No, it's like fairly automated at this point. So the first couple rounds were entirely manual. Um, at this point, the only manual part is I manually review the matches to make sure that I actually like them and to like look for weirdness. Um, but over time, I was like, the, the my system for matching people was like repeatable enough that I was able to write scripts for it. And so now it's just like is a set of weights and parameters. And based on that, the algorithm will try a bunch of stuff. If it gets stuck, it'll try again. And then it'll pop out a set of matches for the for the for the week. And then I'll check that over. And as long as I approve the matches, then I'll I'll send them off. Um, and it's gotten pretty good. I think within the last couple of months I've I haven't had to like um, fix any major major issues.
what's what's something you think uh, have you learned from you know matching these people like have you found some kind of pattern or some have you noticed something similar uh, when you are matching uh, these people um well so i've i'm kind of like working on a philosophy of friendship maybe or like okay. what 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 makes people friends and i found it's um shared experiences um shared identity uh like shared location um and interests and goals all these things contribute to friendships and then it's also like seeing each other more than once and in different places and like serendipitously and so um something like founders club has a high probability of you making friends because one you're already self-selecting as like oh we're all startup founders we're all kind of interested in building businesses and then two uh we're gonna i'm gonna match you based on like okay like similar accomplishments like maybe similar part of the world even um similar interests okay so now there's like two big crosses there so if you have a conversation now um and you talk and you meet then there's a pretty high chance that it'll go well and you're also in the slack community together and there's a good chance you're also both on twitter or something like that and so the chances of you actually becoming friends as these things add up become more and more um and so i it's it ends up being like a pretty good system for meeting people that you might actually like to know that is actually this means that it's it's a fairly different in when it comes to uh, if you are in founders club right that is mm-hmm. uh, the paid option and uh, in those regard as well so you try to find out the common themes more common themes such as if they both are connected on twitter or if they have certain milestones that they have achieved uh, and that sort of helps in increasing the odds of uh, their compatibility in sort of matching is this so how it that isn't out? factored into the matching system but that is like something that will contribute to you becoming friends with a person like if i match you and then it turns out oh you are also um running in the same circles online then it's more likely that you'll be friends or like oh it turns out you actually have this like like non-work related interest too like yeah more likely that you become friends and have has uh, anyone given you any feedback like i have loved matching these kind of people or have you received any kind of feedback in terms of matching yeah yeah people send me send me emails and they're like oh man like i had such a great time with like vibe over michael or whoever um and uh that's how i know like the system's working it's like oh people are actually making friends um and it's very like qualitative and not scientific so uh, and and what if so have you tried this uh, so i had this idea and i wanted to ask you like if you have tried this sort of experiment where you match people based on different interests uh you know in comparison to matching them with same interests so it's like sure i can uh, you know match or vibe with someone who's also in the psychology industry like me uh, but what if if i was matched with someone who's in the art uh, direction or let's say who's creating nfts and they are not very into the niche uh, that i am in have you tried some kinds of experiment uh, you 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 match with people with various interests the the main shared interest will be like oh you're all in founders club you're all founders you know that's the main primary interest um but just like even the nature of the pool the, the pool of matches week to week isn't so huge that you're only ever going to meet people from a very narrow set you know 
like by the time I filter based on geography and revenue, it's like I'm picking between like a dozen or two dozen people for you, you know? And so like, they're, you're not meeting clones of yourself. You're meeting people who have enough in common that I think it's a good match. And then hopefully enough not in common that it's like there's things to talk about. I think the randomization that you have built is uh, something that works really well when it comes to uh, matching with people because I every time I have matched, I have matched with people who are not from the same country. They are obviously, uh, you know, on the different end in terms of geography. And, uh, and that also uh, makes uh, sense that to randomize it and meet with person you haven't or who's on a similar path but not exactly following the same steps or living the same lifestyle as you are living. And do you think there is some kind of bias involved here which you know exists but you can't help yourself or you try to avoid when you are doing, uh, when you are reviewing or matching or let's say when the automation process gives you the results and you think, wait, this is happening again and again. This is something that I have to avoid. Is there mm. some kind of bias involved there? I don't think so. It's very, it's pretty qualitative, the factors. And the, the main bias is, it, I mean, the biases are pretty explicit, right? It's bias based on revenue um, is the main one. And bias based on being in this, not in the same country, but in the same time zone so that you can make a, just so that you can make the call more easily. But if I, if I can't find someone in the time, same time zone, if I think the best match for you is on the other side of the world, I'll still match you with them. And hopefully you can figure out a good time still. Um, but yeah, the, the, the main bias is revenue. So like, are you within an order of magnitude of making the same revenue of, of this person? Sometimes you'll see, you'll meet people with different revenue based on like, oh, like, yeah, this person maybe hasn't made as much money, but like they're, they have um, worked on very large deals and like have like a very like valuable skill set. And sometimes I'll like kind of boost them up in order to, for them to match peers. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the main bias. And that's really the only, the only bias. Um, everything else is like. But, but, but there has been uh, occurrences where people have matched with different revenue, right? Yeah, so you'll be matched. So nothing is a hard rule. Everything is like stochastic. It's like um, I've assigned weights to these things, but they're not, it's not an if and, it's like a, like a statistical probability, you know, that you'll be matched. So like for any, um, looks like we have 10 minutes left. So for any, um, uh, the, like for any factor, it's like a bell curve, you know, it's like you're most likely to meet right. people at the same revenue or one below or one below above. So the buckets are like one, zero dollars, one plus a thousand plus, 10,000 plus, a hundred thousand plus, a million plus. Those are the buckets. So whatever bucket you're in, you're most likely to meet people from your bucket or one below or one above, but you can meet right. someone from any bucket. It's just like a probability. Right. So have you, so, and uh, it does make sense uh, in regards to, you know, keeping it not a hard coded or uh, keeping it flexible so that you can get a chance to meet someone who is on a different stage because in those times I think it helps in terms of get uh, you know taking the conversations as a mentorship or a catch-up meeting as well I mean you can mm -hmm. always learn from someone who has 10 times revenue uh, in their product uh, as you have and maybe they can share with you some tips or they can correct you or maybe guide you in 
what you can what you are doing right or what you are doing wrong uh, in those regards yeah uh, i found so like my goal is to keep things interesting for everybody week to week um and for everybody right so like if you're making millions of dollars it's not interesting to you to talk to beginners every week it might be interesting once in a while to sort of be as like the super mentor but most of the time you want to talk to peers who are actually relatable to you and like who can help you on your business as well. And so the priority is like, how do I get people matching with people that like, even so even if you're the beginner and you're meeting like the multimillionaire founder, that's cool. It feels cool, but it's, is that actually that useful to you? Probably not more than like once in a while. Um, and so the goal is to keep conversations relevant to everybody. And so like, if you're coming in at that high level, you're having those high level conversations and you're meeting peers where you can actually like help each other's businesses out and not playing like mentor every week because if I do that then you leave very quickly <laughs> and so the, yeah, I want exactly. you to stick around and like be continuously getting value from it um, or you know some but sometimes it's fun and it mixes it up or like there's someone who's very interesting who is just starting out and I'll and I'll try to adjust things so that they um, they meet some people um, to have good conversations with like maybe they're like uh previously in their life, they were a lawyer, you know, they weren't making, they hadn't made a million dollar business, but they have been making a lot of money as a lawyer. And like, they have some very high level skills and advice they can give to people. Um, and so that when the um, revenue break system breaks down like that, then I'll like adjust them in other ways so that they are meeting more peers um, and kind of exchanging value at the, at a level that makes sense. This is uh, really insightful in terms of understanding how the process works and how uh, you are made sure that you match with someone whom you can really benefit with, or at least you can make a new friend with, um, based on shared interests or any random factor uh, that there is associated. So, yeah. Uh, uh, so, Anthony, you actually have a lot on your plate. And now in, in the last few tweets, I saw that you were actually asking people what to name your next project and assuming there is that uh, uh, something coming already that something in the process uh, apart from that uh, obviously you are running the indie worldwide and then there is this new uh, thing that you have started which is wise and guides uh, and sure you have a couple more projects that are running and based on how much time you associate or how much time do you give to each of them uh, there is bound to come a point where you might you know feel like taking a detox or taking a mental break so what's what's like one or two or uh, the co some of the activities that you like to do to take a break uh, when you feel you know mentally burned out or when you feel okay i'm done i need to take a break to you know just clear my head out um i love taking a, a walk i try to walk 20 or 30 minutes every day um i find that helps a lot um stay pretty active, go to the gym three or four times a week. Um, love to play tennis when I can. Usually only when I'm visiting home, so I'll play with my little brother. So I'm, right, I'm in New York City right now, and it's a little bit harder to get on the court. Um, but yeah, tennis, gym, walking, physical things. I've, I've read this somewhere, like a quote, and it was like, if you work um, manually, with like doing manual labor, then you won't relax mentally or watching TV or reading books or like doing art. If you work uh, uh, mentally programming or writing or something, then you need to relax physically by 
exercising and doing some kind of sport. And do you do it consistently? Um, yeah, pretty, pretty consistently. Yeah, that's actually nice. I mean, you can incorporate a habit which like forces you to go outside and do some physical activity so that you can stay fit mentally as well. Um, and yeah, I think this is pretty much it. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about uh, how you are working, how you approach things, uh, especially matching people. And I think we actually got to know a lot more about how uh, matches work, how they are based on factors, how there are or they are not biases involved. Uh, and this was actually very insightful. I'm sure like a lot of people actually learn a lot uh, for, from uh, this conversation. So yeah, this was actually fun. Any last words? Like what are you up to where people can catch you? Um, what's, or maybe you're like the best advice that something you follow, uh, like the one thing that you really, really want everyone to know if, you know. You I recently to... learned that Plato, the philosopher, that wasn't his real name. His real <laughs> okay. name was Aristotle of Athens, I think, something like that. And Plato was like his wrestling name. It means the broad. Right. Yeah, so he was a wrestler, like WWE or like Greco-Roman, probably Greco-Roman, obviously, but like, no, he's a wrestler, and they called him the broad, like the big. Wait, Plato. so was he not the philosopher? He was or a was philosopher, he... but his name, Plato, is his wrestling name, and he's also a philosopher. So that was like a side hustle to him, uh, doing a wrestling, exactly. and then, see, this is actually, this ties very well with, you know, the example that you gave to go outside and do some physical activity, like Plato used to do. Exactly. Then, I want to be okay. like Plato. We got to be the the well-rounded Renaissance person, you know, not just mental but physical, not just analytical but artistical, which is not a word. Who knew? Yeah, this is this is actually a great example. Who knew Plato would uh, Plato can become a good inspiration of how you can uh, do side hustles and you know juggle between different things. Yeah, so I thought that was cool and I wanted to share that with you. And then if you want to follow me, I just relaunched my uh, personal website, so castrio.com. Now uh, has more up-to-date information about myself. Great. Okay.